Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome back to the Phil in Exile podcast. And uh, it is cold here in Germany, ladies and gentlemen. It is it is strikingly cold for this Texas boy. Uh, it is about negative three right now, uh, and that's like the high. Then it's going to go to negative seven overnight. And that's these are all Celsius degrees because I'm in Europe and uh, it's chilly. It It is chilly for me. And I know there are people who are like, I'm from Minnesota or I'm from North Dakota and you're a whiner. I'm first of all, I am not complaining uh, about the cold. I am enjoying the cold. But at the same time, I'm not used to it. And and it, it's it's really, really striking because it's so different from what I had in Texas, because Texas, Texas could get this cold, right? Texas could get this cold in the winter. It had days where, you know, it would really drop, get into the 20s. That's now I've switched to Fahrenheit because I want to be as confusing as possible. And the thing is, in Texas, invariably, you could get down to whatever, 24 overnight. That was at dark 30 in the morning. And then by four o'clock in the afternoon, it had risen 40 degrees, right? It's like, like that's how Texas is just weird that way. It's got really strange, extreme weather patterns. And so I'm just really not used to this. Um, this cold weather is is uh, striking for me. I, I'm, I'm trying to understand. And because it, it just doesn't change. Just like, again, it's just negative three to negative seven. It's a pretty tight little range that we're going to stay in all day. And so you're, you wake up and you're cold and you, uh, it's midday and you're cold and it's nighttime and you're cold and it's just cold. It's just cold. I'm not, again, not complaining because, because, uh, Texas was sweltering in the summers and I'll take cold over hot any day of the week, any day of the week. Texas could be a hundred plus. Again, that's like, 40 plus Celsius uh, for all of my European friends. Uh, it could be like that for weeks on end in the summer. Just melt your face off. And see, the thing over here in Germany is they have this phrase. They say, there's no, there's no bad weather, just bad clothing. That's their motto uh, because it's cold and it, right now and it can rain. I mean, the summer's beautiful, but it, they say there's no bad weather, just bad clothing. And I realize that's a statement you can make when you're in a cooler climate. Because in Texas, in July and August, there's no amount of clothing I can take off and still be street legal to, to combat the heat, right? Like in that, by that rationale, no bad clothing or no bad weather, just bad clothing. I would have to take off all of my clothing in Texas, which is, which is, uh, uh, that's, that's a felony. I'm pretty sure, uh, in the city of Dallas and, uh, and, and also not a good look for me. I mean, I don't, nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that and uh, just not a great deal. So yeah, no bad weather, just bad clothing. That that's a luxury of the cold climate people. You can say that phrase in Texas, you know, you're just hoping you have a friend with a pool. You know, you don't want to pool yourself because it's a lot of work and it's a hassle and it's expensive. But you want a friend with a pool. That's what you want. A friend with a pool. That's your best day. That and uh, that and a, a nice, cool margarita by the pool. Speaking of margaritas, I I went out for Tex-Mex here in Germany. Can you believe that? I don't know. Did they say it was Tex-Mex or did it just say Mexican? I'm not sure. But here's the thing. It, it made me yearn for Tex-Mex because that's one thing. I haven't missed a lot of things about the U.S. I thought I might, but I haven't missed much. But I, I do 
get a craving for some Tex-Mex. And, and it, it, when I say Tex-Mex, I think, I think some people think I'm saying Mexican food. No, Tex-Mex is its own thing, all right? If you haven't had it, and, and by the way, I'm fairly convinced at this point you can only get it in Texas, because I you, you cross over to New Mexico, no, that's going to be like green chilies and also like that's that's a southwestern thing. California, that's a different thing. And I understand there's Mexican, true Mexican food, Tex-Mex. I'm not calling it authentic Mexican food, but Tex-Mex is its own thing. And I have yet to find it created properly outside of Texas. So I don't know what I was expecting at this place here in Germany. I don't know. You get surprised sometimes here because you like uh, we went to a kind of a smash burger type place. Uh, it's obviously not smash burger, but um, here in, uh, in Germany and it was delicious. They like they nailed the burger. They got it right. So, you know, sometimes you think, OK, there's somebody who, you know, knows the, the formula. And I thought, you know, you never know. Maybe there's there's a lot of Americans over in this area and maybe maybe somebody from Texas works in that kitchen at Cantina Mexicana. You know, here in in Germany, maybe maybe there's somebody who knows the truth, man. Maybe there's somebody in that kitchen who really knows the truth. So, I I went in there and I I thought, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot here. I'm gonna order the enchilada plate, which to me that really sums up whether or not you can stick the landing on Tex-Mex because an enchilada plate, an enchilada plate in Texas, it's gonna have some enchiladas, probably like let's you could get various things in, but I, I I'm thinking the most industry standard thing I can think is like ground beef and it's got chili con carne and cheese on top, rice and beans. There you go. That's it's I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man. I, I really, it's not, it's not an exotic thing. It's just, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like in a French, you know, a French chef making an omelet. Like it's not, it's not a magical thing, but there's a certain technique. There's a way to do it right. And so I thought, all right, I'm going to order the uh, enchilada plate and we'll see how it goes. We'll just see how it goes. And uh, yeah, it was, that was, um, it wasn't bad. It was, it, 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 it was tasty. It just was not Tex-Mex. So, you know, you have this sort of built-in disappointment that it didn't turn out the way you really hoped it would. And uh, and that's okay. That's okay. Again, hats off to them for even having a a Mexican restaurant in Kaiserslautern, Germany. I, I mean, hats off to them. Cause, cause you can at least sort of scratch the itch. Like I, 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 you know, somebody else got tamales and those were delicious, you know, but that again, that doesn't necessarily the, it's the chili con carne. I think that's really where it comes. It's, it's, it's that. It's the, it's the, the chili and cheese on top that makes it Tex-Mex in many cases. And again, I don't know why it, that's so hard to do elsewhere, but it just seems to be. But, uh, uh, oh, you know, I do occasionally. I do I do shed a tear. I don't actually shed a tear over Tex-Mex, but it and you do miss it. But you know the the consolation prize was this place had really spicy salsa. Chips and salsa. They brought you chips and salsa and they refilled the chips and salsa. There were even places in the US that were starting to get stingy with their chips and salsa, I noticed. Like, you know, the first one's free and then you got to start paying a buck 50 a basket for chips. You know what? That's ridiculous. That's that's fascist right there. I'll tell you what. That's not right. So, you know, when I become president, my first executive order is going to be that every restaurant has to serve complimentary chips and spicy salsa. That's what I'm going to do. That's going to be the platform I run on. Chips and salsa for everyone. 
I don't care if you're a Chinese restaurant. You're going to serve chips and salsa before every... That's going to be my first act as president. Chips and salsa for everyone. I think I could run on that campaign. Phil Bryan, chips and salsa for all, 2024. That'd be, that'd be pretty good, right? You'd vote for that. You'd vote for chips and... Who wouldn't vote for chips and salsa? Right? I mean, you know... I know somebody's already going, well, where's the money for those chips and salsa coming from? Oh, here we go. Here we go. You know, it's funny. <laughs> that, that, that reminds me, that reminds me that somebody asked about how Germans view American politics. And, um, you know, I don't know. The truth is that I think people, the Germans here that we've gotten to know a little bit are, are pretty careful because, you know, they, they don't want to. They don't want to get into a, an argument necessarily. They don't know where we're coming from. You know, we've gotten to know a few people well enough to sort of say, look, here's where we are. You know, it's okay. You can say that you can say anything you want. We're not going to get upset. My wife and I make a policy to never have fistfights over conversations. <laughs> you know, like, it's all right. I promise we're not going to get riled up too much. Um, and so, you know, a few people have talked to us, but generally people are pretty they're pretty cautious about talking about it. And, you you know, you see a little bit in the news, but they got their own things going on over here, though. You know, truthfully, like there's a strike going on. There's a couple of things going on this week. There's like a rail strike. Uh, there's the farmers are having a strike. Get this. The farmers are striking and they, they've driven their tractors. They're, it's happening today. It messed up my commute this morning. Um, they, they They've driven their tractors to the entrances to the Autobahn, and then they're driving them through the city to slow down traffic. Like, they're messing up the traffic patterns in the whole country with their tractors. They've blocked all the entrances to the Autobahn, and they're just sort of meandering through the city, the alternate routes you'd take. So, like, my my my, I took my wife to work this morning, and the drive home took me, like, three times as long to get home because there were tractors out on the road. And, I, you know, it was kind of, it was, it was sort of funny and charming to see these guys puttering by in their giant tractors going down the road. Uh, you know, hats off to you. It's, you're right. I, I mean, go ahead. Go for it, man. Um, I tried to watch a, a a news bit about the whole argument, and I caught about 4% of the news article. So, you know, I'm still um, – I'm still in a situation where I don't understand the language as much as I want to. But I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I've learned at least how to say I understand only very little German. It's uh, ich verstehe nur ein bisschen Deutsch. That's I understand only a little German. That's uh, that's that's where I'm at. So uh, I, I'm uh, I'm still working on it. But yeah, they, they've got their own things they're, they're trying to figure out here. They've got their own stuff. And they've got their right and they've got their left and they've got their elections and you know they're concerned about their own their own issues, but they you know obviously they're very aware of the U.S. Um, they you know we you can't really exist in this world without having the U.S.'s moves affect you in some way. And of course now that we work for the government in a way, um, we're, you know we're very aware of it too. Things things that happen in, in the shenanigans in Washington D.C. have a very direct impact on our lives now. Living over here. Uh, on behalf of the government. So, you know, it's it's an interesting scenario and I don't I don't know. It'll be it'll be fun to see from a distance the the 2024 election year. I, I think that'll that'll be a, an interesting experiment because truthfully, I had sort of stopped reading the news as voraciously as I once did because I just kind of got queasy most of the time. I got a little woozy when I read the news too closely. 
um, I don't know, you know, just it kind of it didn't didn't set right with me. It didn't didn't seem so great to read the news. And and I noticed, I noticed that very often in these political years, they're they're all political years in these election years, that that very often what it comes down to, what I noticed is everything's being organized around all the things we hate and that we're against, right? All the things we've got to stop. It's a very, it's a very uh, subtractive, you know, scarcity sort of uh, approach to, to the world. This is bad. We've got to stop it. This is bad. We've got to stand against it. These people are wrong. We have to stop them before they destroy us all. It's all very, uh, it's all very subtractive, all very negative, all sort of what we hate, what we're against. And I thought to myself, man, I, it's funny because I wonder what would it be like if we approached this in terms of what we loved rather than what we hated. I, I know that's that's a crazy thought, and it doesn't really work. I understand because you know then you know somebody's going to say, "Well, I love victory over my enemies." <laughs> you know, I I love making the other guy suffer. But I I, I you know I, I keep going back, and, and you know, admittedly, I have my worldview is such that I think a lot about. You know, love your neighbor as yourself. That's sort of the injunction that runs through my head most days as my ordering principle, love your neighbor as yourself. And that's a, the, the thing is, if you think about that, if I'm going to love my neighbor as myself, all right, well, what do I love for myself? What are things I love for myself? Um, I, I love being understood. Um, I love uh, um, when I'm treated with with grace and mercy. I love when I'm, um, someone's generous with me. I love it when there's generosity directed towards me. You know, these are things I love. I love being treated with respect and dignity. I love those. So if I love those things for myself, if I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself, shouldn't I love it when you get those things too? Shouldn't I love when you get treated with generosity and with dignity and respect? I mean, wouldn't that sort of check out according to that love your neighbors yourself thing? I mean, I, you can get real concrete about it, too. Like, I, I love clean drinking water. I'm a big tap water guy. I know some people are like, ew, tap water. I love drinking tap water. And I and I, people talk about, oh, our tap water's weird here. Oh, don't drink our tap water. It tastes funny. I, I kind of have become a tap water connoisseur. I like all the funny tasting tap water in the world. You know, I, I kind of like, mm, okay, the place I grew up had a certain flavor and then I moved to another city and it had a different flavor and then I moved to another state and they had a different flavor. Now I'm in a totally different country. And uh, and I am glad to report that Germany has delicious drinking water. Um, but, but I have been fortunate enough to always live in a place where I have clean drinking water, where it's not going to make me sick. But apparently that's still a problem in the world. And even in a country like the United States in recent years, we've had massive problems with clean drinking water in certain areas. Like, I, I, I love clean drinking water. I mean, I love all those highfalutin, floofy things. Floofy, that's a technical term. I, I don't know what I was going for there. Fluffy, um, you know. What? Anyhow, I, I love those things like dignity and respect and kindness and stuff. But I also love being able to go to the uh, kitchen sink and get some water. I don't feel like these are crazy things to love for everybody. And I, and I guess I feel like if we spend our time thinking about how we could like live out things that everybody's going to love, 
You know, isn't it fun when you do something and everybody loves it? Like if you pick a game for your, you know, you're having a party and you pick a game to play and everybody says that was the greatest game. You, it doesn't feel good to go, everybody loved the game. Or I made this dish at dinner and everybody loved the dish, right? Like it, that, that, that feels good. I think, I think people enjoy doing that. I think there are things that believe it or not, believe it or not, that everybody kind of loves. Like again, being heard, being understood, being treated with dignity and respect, kindness, a little grace, generosity. Those are things, couldn't we do that for, for everybody and think in terms of our policies about how we extend those things to everybody? I know, I sound like a hippie. I'm not trying to sound like a hippie. I'm, I think I'm trying to sound like Jesus, but I, the, you know, I guess Jesus was kind of a hippie. Maybe. I don't know. Anyhow, it's just my thought. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I, yeah, I'm trying to not hate things and, and organize my world by hate. But I, you know, if we're going to, if you're going to push me, then I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I hate raw onions. I hate raw onions. If they're sauteed, that's great. Uh, you know, but if they're cooked in an, into a dish, yeah. Uh, uh, if they're cooked well enough, but raw onions, no, I hate them. I hate them. There, I said it. I said it. So I guess, I guess I'm launching my campaign now. I got something I love and something I hate. We're, it's it's going to be chips and salsa for everyone and uh, no raw onions. Phil Bryan, 2024, for president. I'm going to have to get on that. I'm going to have to get on my campaign trail here and and do my speeches uh, and see how many votes I get. I don't know. I could I, Maybe I could do all right. I'd be the guy at the debate who, when everybody brings up something, they're like, well, what about health care? I'm like, well, you know, there's a lot of health benefits to salsa. And that's going to be my that's going to be my argument for everything. Salsa for all. Truth, justice and salsa for all. Anyhow, that's that's sort of what's on my mind these days. Not the salsa so much, but, you know, maybe we shouldn't uh, organize around all the things we hate. What if we organize around things that everybody loves? I don't know. Probably won't work. I'm just, you know, I, I'm a I'm a starry eyed dreamer, I guess. I'm a romantic I'm a romantic, and that's coming from a guy who says terrible things about human nature. But I don't know. I still think uh, I still think it could be, it could be a better place, you know. Think uh, think about all the things we love in common. Anyhow, that's all I got for today. Cold weather, uh, longing for Tex-Mex, and uh, and love over hate. There, that that'll do it. In the meantime, I hope you all are doing well. I hope 2024 has shaped up already to be something that's maybe better than 2023. I don't know. I hope so for you. But in the meantime, I want to make sure that I wish everyone listening and everyone in the world peace and love to all. <laughs>